Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Simple. My name is Luis Sanchez. I'm the director of the Simple Church Collective and a host of the Keeping It Simple podcast. And I'm Scott Callantine, co-host of the podcast and resident of the Simple Church Collective. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Let's get started. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about micro expressions of the church and leadership development. Today, we have uh, Ricardo Rivera and Kira Rivera uh, on as our guests. Uh, This season, we are focusing on um, everyday people uh, leading uh, simple churches right here in the greater Seattle area and beyond. And um, so welcome to the show, Kira and Ricardo. Uh, we're glad uh, to be able to get you guys on here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got connected to the Simple Church Collective. Uh, yeah, so I'm Ricardo. Um, Kira's my wife, and she's also your sister. I think this we is true. Men- mention that. This is true. <laughs> um, which I think is, I mean, plays a big part in, in the story of how we got connected to simple churches but basically well a little bit about myself i guess uh i was born in chicago raised there uh moved to uh to dallas um and that's kind of where my family and i started uh our our walk in our faith in dallas so i was around 11 or 12 so i didn't really grow up in the church but from an early age i started going to church um and then uh moved to Houston stepped away from the church for a little bit kind of going through some stuff you know in my 20s um uh and then moved back to Dallas met Kira actually I met Kira um in 2017 in Houston um and then there's there's a whole story there um but then we moved back to Dallas now and we got married there and now we are in Seattle and we're about to be 2 years married and two years doing simple churches. And two years doing simple churches. Yeah. And so um, our hope was to come up as a newlywed couple and like start something new together. Um, and so um, neither of us had ever lived in the Pacific Northwest. And so we were like, let's do it. Let's do something just for the two of us, something we have never done before. And um we were also hoping to support um, this project called Church for the Nations. And um, we quickly found that we needed to switch gears because the pandemic um, had us do some improvisation. And I appreciated um, the flexibility that we had um, and just really wanting to love the people around us and not needing it to be the way that we envisioned it originally. Um, and so I loved um, the pivot that Luis guided us through into this new slash old model um, that we are now doing, which is the simple church, micro church, house church kind of model of church. Yeah. Thanks for sharing with us guys a little bit about yourselves and how you've got connected. Um, you lead a simple church right now. Can you guys tell us about the simple church you lead, maybe how it started, how things are going, um, and just maybe reflect a little bit on the pivot from more of the prevailing model into simple churches? 
Sure, I can start with that one. Um, so the way we got connected with the simple church that we are working with right now is um, Louise had this great idea to do a service-oriented project um, when we were first launching our simple churches. And so he connected with a, lo- a local elementary school and um, we were able to uh, rally some resources, some textbooks and backpacks and school supplies for students that were part of the English language learners program. Um, And so we provided um, the families that were part of that program with a few of the needs that the school um, gave us. And um, that way we met a family, a Colombian family that lived right across the street, which is really cool. And since then, um, they have been so faithful and we have met some of their other Colombian friends. And now, um, we started off on Zoom, um, at the height of the pandemic. And now we meet in person every week, um, at their place. So they host us, they cook really yummy food. And, um, recently we've been working on, seeing how we can serve their community that doesn't necessarily attend our weekly meetings just so that um, we could also get connected with them. Yeah, when I think about what we're doing um, with those folks and what you guys are doing there, um, I think about the blessed rhythms, right? When we talk about beginning with prayer um, and fasting, listening, eating together, uh, serving them, and then sharing uh, the story of Jesus together. And so when when I see the rhythms that that community has developed, a lot of them are based around those blessed rhythms as well. So well, you guys mentioned it a little bit earlier. I, um, I just want to go back to this quick um, because you guys didn't originally move to Seattle to do simple churches, right? You guys moved here. You mentioned Church for the Nations. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, Church for the Nations is what Simple Church Collective was originally. It was a prevailing model church uh, where we were going to uh, launch five uh, small small groups and then uh, launch public services in the fall of 2020. And uh, what ended up happening is the pandemic hit. Uh, we had to pivot. We moved in a different direction. Uh, and uh, thankfully, we had been able to travel around the country, see and learn about microchurches, and we had something to switch to uh, after some prayer and um, and some discernment when the pandemic hit. So you guys didn't move here to do Simple Church, but the pandemic hit. We made the pivot prayerfully. Talk to us about that transition and what that was like for you guys specifically. Um, going from what you guys thought would be a prevailing model church plant to where we are now planting a network of simple churches. What was that transition like for you? Yeah. um, It's funny that you bring that up because I feel like when we were talking about moving to Seattle, Kira and I were trying to figure out why we were moving. So we I think we we part of moving was to support the church right and to kind of be part of the project but we didn't necessarily want that to be the primary reason we were moving whether it was a simple church or a traditional model I think we wanted to move to try something 
new in our like you know uh young marriage and to do something new together and just take on a new adventure um and do what was best for us and our marriage and um i think part of that part of the component was um kind of tackling this this project which we did think was going to be a traditional sunday service right like a sunday church thing um when we shifted i think there was a period where at least i'll speak for myself where i was like confused mm-hmm. i was like wait what is what what is this gonna look like logistically like what people are we gonna you know talk to what people are we gonna reach and especially you know coming from a from this idea that we were going to be like a multicultural um church to now coming up to seattle marysville area and it's like a lot less diverse in my head i was like well how like are we where's the multicultural right are we still targeting the same people like it was just it was it was a little confusing but i will also say this i think i also trusted that no matter what we were doing Mm -hmm. if we were doing it to spread love spread god's love to spread a positive encouraging message then i then i always kept that in the back of my head like it's still going to be good. You know, it doesn't, even if it's not a traditional formula, um, I know that Luis's heart is in the right place. I know that Kira's heart and like the people that we met, I was like, I know that they have really, really good intentions. Um, and so no matter what we do, it's gonna, it's gonna be a good thing and it's gonna help us grow and it's gonna, um, uh, you know, push us out of our comfort zone and challenge us, but, but it's gonna be a positive thing. I also think that for me, it it almost like relieved me of some stress because our team at the beginning was really small and in the prevailing models of churches that I had been a part of, um, doing worship, leading worship, we at least had enough people to have a rotation so that we weren't doing like serving every single Sunday. And so when we um, said we were going to do the switch, I was like, well, this could be a good thing. <laughs> um, and I think one of the concerns that I had about multicultural church and just the logistics around it um, have always been, you know, how how do we create a service where everyone feels heard and seen, right? Like, can, do we sing a song in every language represented? Do we have a translation for everything? And this model, our simple church model, um, we have, we are multicultural, right? Like there is a simple church that has, you know, a lot of different um, ethnic backgrounds in it. And then we have a simple church that is a Spanish-speaking simple church. And that's also beautiful and also like a reflection of the kingdom. And so, in this way, I feel like, and as a teacher, I think when we do things in small groups, we can accomplish more. Um, and so in this way, I feel like we're, we're being faithful to the people that God has given us and we can actually um, meet the needs. And then when we gather in larger groups, um, we don't have to do um, 
like the accommodations or the tweaking as much and as often. Um, and that doesn't feel as stressful anymore. So when it comes to um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, the leadership side of leading a simple church and coming from what you knew as the church experience being this larger kind of more um, Sunday centric thing. What are some things that you've kind of transferred over that have been helpful? Um, Cause we don't want to sound like the, the Sunday thing is a bad thing, right? Um, that's how we came to know the Lord and it's beautiful. And pe- there's some people that that is who they serve and that that's works for them. For us, we're pursuing the smaller thing, but what are some practices that you've taken from your experience previously and applied them into your simple church? And how have they worked? What have been the best practices? What, have, what are some lessons maybe you've even learned um, through leading a simple church right now? I think a lot of um, the work that I've previously done has been actually very similar to what we're doing very similar to what we're doing in the simple church model. So I um, was a leader in InterVarsity at Columbia where I went to school. And so um, I led a lot of Bible studies and I worked with a lot of people who didn't identify as Christians. Um, And so part of what I did there was try my best to get them involved and them to serve. And we made food once a week and we ate together and we prayed together and we didn't have to believe the same thing to belong. Right. And so um, those were always like my favorite forms of doing um, quote unquote church. Right. Because like church isn't like a building or a service. Right. But like the Mm -hmm. way that we did life together. And so I feel like I've been really familiar with this model. I just didn't call it simple church. Mm. Um, And then when we were in Houston, my first year of teaching, we actually kind of started a simple church Mm -hmm. at my apartment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We would cook food every week. A different one of us would lead like a discovery Bible study. And it was awesome. I think that was like a great. I mean, we also had that in Dallas. Uh, with with the on Friday traditional church that we were part of, we had a, a young adult ministry, mm-hmm. and so it might have been I don't know ten of us or something, and we would try to do something um, every week um, and connect. And it you know it, it it could look like us having dinner at Kira's apartment and watching the football game that Sunday, um, or sometimes we went out and we uh, played uh, we went bowling or we did some kind of activity. Um, so I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like some of the things that we're doing now, we were already doing, but without that particular name attached to it, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. I think <laughs> it's funny. I think when you change the name of something, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I've never done that before. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, what what are you talking about? But it's like, no, these are things that you've kind of already been doing. Right. But we freak out because it's like this brand new mm. brand or title or messaging. But it's, I think, things that people already do, even if they're not believers. I mean, they have friends over, right? They have friends over all the time and they hang out and they watch a movie and they talk and they connect and they bond. and And so it's not kind of like... I mean, you know, the whole thing is simple church, right? It's a simple formula in some ways. Um, 
so yeah, like uh, I think a lot of us uh, were bringing a lot. Yeah, it was very transferable, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those things that we were doing was very transferable. Um, uh, but you know, there's also things like I think, and I, I don't know if this is going to answer the question, but um, there are some challenges, right? Where in Houston, we had a lot of our our friends from work that were teachers. Um, I'm also a teacher. Um, so we connected on that level. We were teachers and we shared the struggle and we had like the same schedules and we had the nights free and we didn't have kids. A lot of us were single and we didn't have family. So it was like, it was like an easier connection. Yeah, it would have been different had they had kids. Right. And then in Dallas, it was a young adult group. So again, we're all within the same age range. We're single. We don't have kids. We're in our twenties. We're kind of going through the same issues. We're also, another thing, we're mostly uh, Latinos, Hispanic um, people. So there was that connection. I think the challenge here has been like finding that um, that connection, whether it's like age or demographic or work, whatever it is, that's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, and that's kind of been like the, the, the learning curve or the growing pain that I think has been one of the bigger ones. Sure. I would also say that something that, sorry. I would also say something that was different about, uh, that that has been different about the prevailing model and the Simple Church Network is, you know, we were kind of like, we were going to be the worship leaders, right? So now that is not really the role that we're playing. We do worship when it's needed, right? And when that's going to be part of our program. But we don't do worship at our simple church on a weekly basis. And that's something that I've been struggling with a little bit. Like, is that something I should introduce? Is that not something I should introduce? And I think that's up to the discretion of each simple church um, leader and simple church community. Um, But that was definitely like a shift, like, okay, so we're not going to be leading worship and that's totally fine. What does that look like to incorporate it? Right. Cause some people like when they think church, they think worship, right. They think music, (laughs) they think an entire band. And um, when you have these smaller iterations of, of the church expression, it's not, you don't have the same resources that a big church has, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to look different. And I think that was um, an adjustment. And I think that's something we're still trying to figure out in our simple church. Um, what could, how could we add that in the rhythm? And when I say worship, I don't mean like worshiping God in what we do in our daily life. I mean like music stuff because <laughs> uh, we do worship, um, just not with music all the time. I love that. And I, you know, I've appreciated your guys' flexibility and you guys have been with us, uh, you know, essentially from the start, you know, you moved here for this and, you know, it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of stick to itness to do what you guys have done. And I think one of the beautiful things about, um, the, you know, simple church approach is that there are already, like Ricardo said, transferable skills that most people have, right? Most people can cook, most people can connect with at least like-minded people, right? Most people can set some time aside, you know, a week to serve others, 
to get together, you know, and um, if they really want to, you know, um, be intentional about growing in their faith. And so when we think about um, what simple churches should be at their core, at the very top, you know, it's like Jesus-centric, right? Simple, inexpensive, and easily reproducible, right? And so those are like the core things. Jesus is at the center of all of them. They're simple, they're inexpensive, and they're easily reproducible. And so talk to us specifically about the church that you guys are currently leading and have been leading for some time. Um, talk to us about those rhythms. You kind of just started to mention like, hey, there's worship, there's maybe not worship. You know, talk to us about your weekly rhythms um, and then and let's go from there. Um, so it's kind of cool because I think at the beginning we were following the same formula and then over time it's kind of become its own thing and everyone has kind of taken ownership. So um, on a weekly basis, what it looks like is on we meet on Tuesday nights and so we send a reminder text on Monday to our group and our members. And then on Tuesday we meet and we start off with a few snacks. Um, and then we go through these questions to kind of check in about our week. And we do rose, bud, and thorn. Um, but since we're in Spanish, we do rosa, botón, y um, espina. So what was rose, something that you um, enjoyed about that week? Bud, what's something you're looking forward to? And thorn, what's something that was challenging? Um, and that's that's been a fun little way to check in. And then we do um, discovery Bible study. Um, so someone in the group, whether it's the two of us or someone else, will pick a scripture um, that spoke to them that week. And then we will study it together and we'll ask the same questions. Who can summarize the passage? Um, what did you learn about God? What did you learn about people? And how can you use what you learned today? this week in your life. And then we wrap up in prayer. And sometimes we talk about some events that we want to do outside of our weekly meeting, um, maybe a barbecue or something fun with their friends. That's, that's the very simple pattern that we do every week. Anything else? It's good. <laughs> and I know that this is true just recently. Um, you are looking to go through like emotionally healthy spirituality stuff in Spanish with them. And that's part of our discipleship continuum. If you ever, if you guys who are listening get a chance to take a look at our discipleship continuum, our discipleship process, you can go to our website and go to the about section. And then you can see, you know, typically like that 30,000 foot view. And, and I love that each one of our groups you know, are somewhere along that continuum. Uh, so talk to us about your hopes and dreams with the emotionally healthy spirituality stuff that you guys are doing now. Um, it's funny, when, when, we, when Kira and I were first going through emotionally healthy spirituality, we were hoping that, I think we had a conversation where it was like, I wish this stuff was in Spanish um, so that we could um, share it with people that um, that are from our community that don't necessarily speak English or have a hard time with the language. And not just emotionally healthy spirituality, but just like a lot of other resources that we have found to be super, super wow. helpful um, and like transformative that maybe that, that have helped us a lot and have helped 
us to kind of just have good conversation and change our way of thinking and like recognize maybe unhealthy habits that we have Mm. and that have really been impactful. And so we've seen how that has uh, impacted us and we're hoping to um, see the same thing with uh, not just our Spanish speaking group, but I think in our community within our, our our community you know i even think about like my parents and i think about um like my family that i have um in mexico um and how um just impactful those resources would be and so to kind of come back to your question louise i'm, I'm hoping to see just that transformation mm-hmm. um just that change and and those deeper conversations those those uh, deeper ideas um, that really help reflect on, you know, on how we live and why we do the things that we do. And I don't know, I think it can be very, just very impactful. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, we're, I think part of being a simple church leader is also like gauging your group and seeing where they're at and what they're willing to do. and. You know, even at the beginning uh, of us meeting, I like was like, can we start reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, like the actual book? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if we're there. I don't know if they would like actually read the book. And we checked in and they were like, oh, readings like takes a lot of time. I don't know if we'd be doing that. I'm like, okay, cool. We're not going to do that. And and that's the cool part about Simple Churches. There's so much flexibility. And then I thought, what if we just did the devotional that goes along with it? And that could be a great introduction to this material. Um, And maybe it'll encourage us to actually start to read the book. And something that's hard about reading books in a simple church environment is that it makes it a little bit less invitational, a little less missional, because people who haven't read the book might feel uncomfortable joining. Um, And so... um, that's that's something that we've thought through, but a devotional is a lot um, like user friendly. It it's very quick. It doesn't take a long time, and it's not as intimidating as a whole book. And so, I'm super excited to see if this sparks more interest in the emotional, emotionally healthy spirituality like realm. Man, I love it. Um, I love what you guys are doing and taking your Temple Church through EHS content, um, which stands for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, is super good. Uh, I kind of want to pause and, and ask you guys um, a little bit. Your community is a Spanish-speaking community. Most of our audience are probably English listeners, and most of the collective speaks English, but there's this tension point or maybe this mixture point where there's a bilingual aspect what has it been like leading a spanish-speaking community with a lot of the other team that like a lot of our team members that speak english and then when we get together and we do bigger things um, like we had our pentecost gathering in june and it was a bilingual uh gathering what has that been like for you guys kind of leading in that space with the, the language difference Yeah uh scott your question makes me like think of a bunch of other things that are outside of just language and more like cultural right and like even just the cultural 
differences uh, between a, a, you know a Hispanic Latino in this case Colombian community than uh, an English speaking American community and like kind of going back to the the previous question about EHS I don't know I think I just think that sometimes it's a little bit more challenging in the Hispanic community to kind of have those kind of like breakthroughs because of just like these ideas that we've kind of grow up grown up with um mm-hmm. if that makes sense so like at, at least at, at me speaking as a Hispanic male and thinking about the messaging that um I was given when I was growing up and everything that comes with being a man a Hispanic man um a Latino man and the expectations that are put on us um and uh how difficult that that can be um and then just how how hard it can be to to break through that um i think that kind of cultural difference um is like significant um and i don't know and that's why i'm hoping that more resources will be available to um to spanish speakers and to families because i think they can be very impactful but like back to your question i know it kind of went off the rails there but back to your question like the language yeah that that's also been a, a pretty big challenge too like uh when you kind of blend those two communities together a spanish speaking and a english speaking and you know how do you uh tailor to both groups um even if it's something like you know if you're playing games like th- yeah. does it translate does it trans <laughs> literally does it translate to both a spanish speaker and an english speaker or if you're doing you know like a even if you're doing if you're sharing a bible verse or if you're sharing your testimony just something that's you know pretty important like do you have a translator do you you know kind of speak to the side and kind of tell them what's going on <laughs> um so we've had to kind of yeah kind of like adjust <laughs> sometimes in the moment sometimes we do think of it um uh further ahead ahead of time um but it's been yeah it's been a bit of a of a challenge in that regard i would also say that for example at the beginning i think all of the simple churches asked the same questions at the beginning of their dbs like what brings you uh what's something that you're grateful for this week and what's something that brought you stress and in my experience with the latina community a lot of times when you talk to people who are christian and you say the word stress they're like nothing i'm good thank you the lord has been good <laughs> you know and like it's hard to maybe be honest because of this fear that you're not being grateful um but when we switched the language to like rose bud and thorn it was a little bit easier for them to maybe engage in my opinion i don't know um but i do feel like i i am bilingual because my parents are ecuadorian and they taught me spanish but my spanish is not as good as my english so sometimes that's also challenging and then another part of leading a spanish speaking group where my spanish is not as strong as the people that 
I'm serving is like, I don't always feel like I communicate what I actually want to (laughs) say. I'm like just finding the words that barely like scratch the surface of what I'm trying to say. So, so that's been challenging, but I think there's also other things um, that are challenging. Like the fact that um, we're younger than the people that we're serving. And sometimes that feels um, a little bit, not awkward, but just hard to connect. Maybe hard to connect, but maybe sometimes uncomfortable too, right? Because I've been taught that I learn from my elders mm. and I'm not an elder, you know? So that's been something interesting to step into. And so um, they are so loving and never make us feel bad for being young. Um, but that's just something that like we walked into feeling a little bit funky about. Thanks for thanks for sharing and for kind of giving us um, insight into what um, the group is like, and then what are the challenge? What the challenges are like this season specifically? The reason why we're doing these interviews with simple church leaders is because we really want to see and kind of look behind the curtain into what it, it's actually like in the life of a simple church leader and in the life of um, the simple churches that they lead. And so, when we think about um, people who are maybe considering launching a simple church or considering learning more about you know, simple churches, what would you say to someone like that, um, you know, uh, who is thinking about starting a simple church? You know, what are a few things you would have them consider, ask them to consider? Okay, the number one thing uh, I would consider is like doing it in your neighborhood, doing it where you are close, like literally close to the people. We love our community, our Simple Church community. We love that, um, although in our workspace, we don't ever, uh, we don't always get to be around Latinos. We get to do that at least once a week. We get to talk about our faith, our struggles in Spanish and connect with people that share a similar culture with us. And what makes that really hard is that we live about 30 minutes away from them and we don't do life all the time together with them. And so something we've been exploring with other people who are also um, looking to do Simple Church is starting a Simple Church in our community so that we can also be involved in the day-to-day, not just the once a week. Um, Because I think that's a gift that the Simple Church um, expression gives you uh, that the prevailing model sometimes is has a difficult time doing because there's so many people from so many different places. And so if I could like adjust one thing about what we're doing right now is um, like our proximity to the people that we serve. Ricardo, uh, what would you say to a person that is considering launching a simple church, maybe something that they should keep in mind? I don't know that I would say keep this. In, well, there there are probably a couple of things that I would say keep in mind. But before that, I would say I would just kind of encourage people to just kind of go for it. Like it's, it. I think it can be a little bit intimidating because it's new. But once you're in it, it's very enjoyable. And and the truth is, uh, sometimes certain simple churches don't work out and i think that's okay too right you you say okay it didn't work out i'm moving on to 
a new project, maybe another simple group, or, uh, or, or maybe I'm going back to the prevailing model for a little bit. And, and that's, I think that's totally okay too. Like, I don't know. I think that's, what's cool about God, right? That you can experience him and see him in, not just in one place and not just in one, uh, one particular way of doing church, but like, right. if he's infinite and he's, you know, if, and if he's everywhere, then, then he's in simple churches and he's in um, the traditional model. And so if people are kind of like, I'm not sure about this, like I would say, and go for it. If it's in your heart and, and you think that it could be a good opportunity and it's going to bless others, like do it, see how it works out. Um, so yeah, that'd probably be my main message. It sounds no, like no. go, go for it. The other one is, uh, keep proximity in mind. And then it sounds like you were going to say a third one. And the last one is keep it simple. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't know how many times you could say that. I think that's been such a good slogan for us, but it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to like talk for three hours. It can be a super simple meeting. And that's what makes it replicable, not exhausting, and fun. It makes it fun when it's simple. So those are our three things. Proximity, um, keeping it simple, and then what were yours? Just going for it. Just going for it. That's awesome. I think that is... If you're going to take anything away from this episode, go start a simple church, keep it simple, and do it local. Like, just just send it, you know? Those are the three. Um, do you guys have any closing words for our audience? Any last things that you would like to say as we wrap up this episode? Simple churches have always existed, and it's the way that most of the world um, communicates the wonderful message of the gospel. And so um, in this part of the world, we just need to explore this model that has existed forever. <laughs> That's my closing statement. <laughs> mm. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. We're so glad to have you guys join us. Kieran Ricardo, we are it's been a long time coming. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, we're excited for what is ahead for you guys, for your simple church, for the simple churches that are going to be started in the future, um, and just what Jesus is doing here in the greater Seattle area. So thank you for listening to this episode of Keeping It Simple. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you'd like to support us more, check out our podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash keeping it simple podcast. If not, we'd love your support through subscribing, sharing episodes, and liking and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes to come.